0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you over here on the right. Whether you're on the right or the left, you're God's child, and He loves you, and He is working in our hearts today. He brought us together to you up uh, up there in the balcony. Hello. And I'm going to try to stay up here this morning so you can... Uh, keep uh, focused here a little bit better so uh, what a great day it is to be an evangel. this weekend has been rich but the richest part was yesterday when we met over here I think with between 50 and 60 uh, evangelites and they were in there to learn more about witnessing and preaching and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and I told them the story yesterday of how God he personally, Seeks people. He personally goes out of his way. If you read the New Testament and even from Genesis on, it seems like the moment uh, Adam and Eve sinned, God began to search, to seek. And God is always because he is God. God is love. And because God loves us all and wants to change our lives for the better, I thought I'd get an amen. Amen? God wants, to, I know one thing. When 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 God started our family, my family being my mom and dad, dad was 37 when he married my mom at 18. And I didn't know I didn't know all of that when uh, you know was first born, but when I learned that I said dad was cool. Because if you wait until you're 37 to get married, marry a young one, you can have 11 kids like they did. You know, and the last one was born when he was 64 and she was uh, uh, 45. So you see, but I'm going to tell you about Dorothy. Dorothy being the oldest of the family, of my, my family, uh, when she got out of high school in North Carolina, we were all tenant farmers, and we were uh, sharecroppers, you know, and, and uh, so we didn't have any future except farming. And Dorothy got out of high school. She went to Washington, D.C., to the nation's capital, and there she met someone who worked in the place next to her at the telephone company, and there was a lady named Mary, just like the mother of Jesus, and all of that Mary was sitting there, and Mary commenced a conversation with my sister Dorothy about Jesus and having a personal relationship. And inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of all your sins, and so Dorothy began to follow Jesus because she went to this church where Mary was going, and she was born again. Say that, born again. Jesus said, it's a must. John three, you must be born again. So how did it, how does that happen? It's a rebirth, a spiritual rebirth, where Jesus actually forgives us of our sins. Like He did Nick. What was Nick's name? Yeah, Demas, right. When you're my age, you'll understand that. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. But you just make the best of every day regardless of your age, right? Max it out for Jesus, amen? Because God loves people more than he does anything else. And let me tell you this. God wants every one of your un I started saying love saved ones. It's unsaved loved ones, right? God loves every one of them. Am I right or wrong? Yes, yes or no. Yes, God loves them. That much I know. Because when Dorothy got saved, she started working on her sisters. She had ten brothers and sisters. And so she started with the most sinful of them all, and that was me. So she, when she came to my graduation from my high school on May 23, 1952, when I graduated, she gave me a beautiful new bull of a watch. I had never had a watch in my life. I felt like a rich man with just a watch on my wrist. And so Dorothy said, would you like to go to Washington with me? And I thought, oh. Because Dad said to us, I can only get you through high school. That's it. I can't do anything for you for college. You're on your own as soon as you graduate from high school. Dad told us that, every one of us. Okay, good. Yeah. And, so, and so, so Dorothy said to me, uh, why, don't, why don't you just come and go with me to Washington? And so I got in the bus with her, and I went to Washington, D.C., and I went to a church Sunday morning. It was Saturday we arrived. Sunday morning she got me. I was staying in her little apartment, and we went off to church, 915 Massachusetts Avenue. Amen. And when I got in there, I was amazed it was a happy group of people like here and about the same size a crowd. It was packed, but there was no empty seats. And I was sitting right in the middle. And so after church, Dorothy said to me, would you like to go out to lunch? And it's obvious I like to eat. And so I said, sure. And so I get in the, I get on the bus with her, and we go to a, she said, we're going to Chinese food. I said, what? Well, excuse me, Dorothy, what's that? I Honestly, that's how naive I was. That's how restricted my world was. I didn't know what Chinese food was. So I went with with her to a Chinese restaurant down three blocks from the White House. I saw the White House for the first time, and I was so excited. And so I got this Chinese food, and then after that, we went back to her house, and she said, Jesse, I go to church Sunday night. I said, oh, I didn't say this to her, but I thought to myself, Dorothy, you don't know what I've been doing on Saturday nights and Sunday nights. You don't know what my weekends have been like in my high school years. And and I, I, and so she said, go to church. But I'm in Washington. What am I going to do? She's my host. She's my older sister. And so I went back to church with her. And you know what? I was shocked. As many people there at night as there was in the morning. <laughs> I, I, that was in 1952. Actually, it was on May 25th. In the year of our Lord Jesus. I love to say that, thank God. In the year of our Lord Jesus. He split time, amen. B-C-A-D, B-C-A-D, right? And so Jesus came on the scene, and he just loves us all. And so i listening there in the church, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, Dorothy has told this pastor what my life was like. Because he was articulating about sin, and he was hitting some of the things I was doing. And I listened, and I, 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 he came to the end of his sermon, and he said, now, uh, I'm going to do the same thing today because I found out that it pays to give people an opportunity to live for God. And, and, and you know what? Uh, if, you, if you look at this next slide that comes up there, it's probably my text. So let's, let's go to that. Uh, is it there? It says, what does it say? Uh, the, oh, there it is. The fruit of the righteous the, or the godly That's what it means. Is like a tree of life. Now isn't that a nice picture? The fruit of a tree is like someone who's godly. That's that's a beautiful tree that has a lot of nice fruit on it. That that had to be a pear tree or an apple tree or even a banana tree. You know, whatever it was, it was in his imagination. But the Bible says the fruit of the righteous or the godly is like a tree of life. First of all, it's life. It's not dead. Hallelujah, life says so much to me. It says, my goodness, God has something good for us every day. It's life. It's not degradation. It's life. It's life, the fruit of the righteous. But I can't preach on that anymore. i got to preach on the rest of it. And he or she that wins people to Jesus is, you said it. God said it. God said that's wisdom. God describes wisdom for us. God knows it's better for people to be godly than to be ungodly. God is smarter than we are. And God says anybody that helps somebody gets right with God is doing a wise thing. Is that good or not? You didn't know that before? Well, now you know it. And so look, make a decision. If you came in here this morning... And you're thinking about life and the reality of it. Is there, is there real meaning? Is there anything exciting? Is God good? And you know what I did that night? When that preacher finished his sermon, I went down to the front, and it was on this side of the pulpit. Right, I was like right about here. And I knelt down there, and all of a sudden I discovered there was about five people around me with their hands on my back praying for me. And I thought, oh, that had never happened to me. In my lifetime, that was a brand-new experience. And I, they prayed for me, led me in a sinner's prayer, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I woke up, and I walked out on Washington D. Street, D.C. streets, and I noticed the difference. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it shows up instantly when you pray the sinner's prayer. It, you know it. Look, I, I tell you, I looked at people, and I, I no longer had some bad feelings I had towards some and it was all gone. Jesus took from my heart everything that was negative and gave me everything that was positive. He transformed me in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. He changed my heart. I prayed. I was serious. And I said, God, forgive me of everything I did. I don't think I ever slept better in my life. I felt peace. I felt joy. I got up the next morning. I told the people at this at this session yesterday, I got up the next morning. Dorothy had to go to work. She was a telephone operator. And I just came there to see what God was gonna do with me. And so I I'm just I she took me down the street where she lived on, and uh down to a big street, and turn left, and there was a bus thing. And I, I said, I know how to get down there. So I walked down there, and I started looking. And I passed a store. I was walking down. It was uh, K Street in uh, Washington. You know where it is if you know Washington. And so I was walking down K Street, and I looked, and there's a bar. There's a pub. There's a liquor store right there. And I stood there for a moment, and I realized God did change my heart. Because if it had been Saturday, I would have gone in. Because I was selling. I was bootlegging when I was 16 years old. I started driving and delivering liquor when I was 14 years old. My dad knew nothing about it. My family knew nothing about it. But my neighbor was a bootlegger. He made a white lightning, it's called. Moonshine, they call it down south. And I used to deliver it for him. Even as soon as I learned how to drive, I'd start, and then I started consuming it. That's where I was headed. But God, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, he made me a new creature in Christ, Jesus. And you know what the Bible says? It's better, it's better, it's the wisest thing. It's wisdom to live for God. It's not wisdom to live for yourself and the devil. It is not good. It's counterproductive. So if you're not there yet, get ready to get there because I'm going to preach to you. Let's go to the next slide. Next slide. It's wisdom. Keep that in mind now. Go to the next slide. You've got to move fast with me. Evangelism is soul winning. Our Father in heaven considers soul winning, soul winning rather a number. Oh, yeah, one. Is this one? That's his number one priority. That I love to say, Pastor. Number one priority from God is to get people in his kingdom. If that's his priority, it ought to be my priority. It will be if we're in relationship, right or yes. Okay, soul winning considers that number one priority. He equates soul winning with being wise. Oh, I like that. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. Look at the next one. That one's good, but the next one's better. Evangelism is communicating the gospel message on a regular basis, continually means every day. It means not doing what you did yesterday just for yesterday. It means all the time. Share people. Share people. Get bold. Do it. You know, my wife, how many of you know Kay? Anybody here know Kay? Kay is, I married the best woman in the world. I did. I, honest, I did. I married her 58 years ago. And uh, and uh, she, when she was 11 years old. No, not, I didn't marry her when she was 11. she? But... <laughs> I knew, what, I knew what I had done when I looked over at Gail. Uh, she used to do that when uh, he did when I was young, too, preaching, you know. And, uh, and so uh, Kay, and Kay at 11 years old, when she was born, her mother just gave her to somebody. She didn't even want her child. My mother, her, her mother, rather, was not a Christian, and she just gave Kay away. Kay was number five. She just gave her away. And Kay cried all night. And so they brought her back the next day. And Kay's sister took her and raised her. Amen. And at 11 years old, Kay and her sister and her sister's husband saw an ad in the newspaper that there was going to be a new pastor in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. And so they said, let's go to that church. And they went there. It was uh, not the Sunday, not Easter, but what's the Sunday before call? Palm Sunday, right? And so it was Palm Sunday. No, I'm I wrong. It, uh, it was Easter Sunday. Uh, I I made a mistake. It was Easter Sunday night, and so they went to church. And do you know what? That night, Kay, her sister, and her brother-in-law, all three of them gave their hearts to Jesus and became the first fruits of that church in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. And then when she grew up and she became 18, she went to Bible college. And at Bible college, I went to the same one the same year, and I met her. The first week she came, I met her, and I fell in love with her when I looked at her. Oh, she didn't know it, but it took a year and a half for her to understand it. But finally, I got her. Amen. And together, we've been working for God through your lives and the lives of those that you come in contact with daily. Amen. Let it be a regular routine. Don't let it just be a, an urgent thing that you do it before they die. Get them saved when they're young. Amen. It's better. Now, look, go to the next slide. Go to, i got to move fast because I want to tell you about this girl. I want to tell you about this girl. This is one of the most fascinating stories that I've come across in my lifetime. But, you know, when, in a little while, I'm going to give you all my cell number. And I'm going to ask you to give your, my I don't have business cards. I had that many when I started, and they were all gone in the first service. And I won't, next time I come back, I hope I can. Pastor, please. I, and, uh, and so when I come back, I'll bring more. But I'm going to give you my number up there. And if you know of a drug addict, a male or female, this center over here can take 100 students when, it's, when all the buildings are ready. They can accommodate 100 men. Can you imagine that God gave them 88 acres? If you knew the value of that gift, it was probably about 3 to $4 million just to land alone in Huntington County because of the, it's a very expensive place, and they got it free. God somebody put it on somebody's heart, and they wanted to get drug addicts free, and so they put it, and they're, now they're freeing people. I don't know of anybody else that can free people from drugs except Jesus. Psychology may help it some people. I am not. I don't fuss with anybody if they're doing anything to help people. I don't fuss with them at all. I just preach Jesus. He's my Savior, and I know he can make them a new creature in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what drug they've used or what kind of past they have or how many sins they've done. He wipes them all away. He, he erases the record when you pray. And, say, Father, forgive me in the name of Jesus. When you do that, I mean, you're forgiven. And this girl up here? Aaron Clegg, see, I, I started giving out my phone number. And so a lady called a call my office one day, and this lady said, I'm a, I was in your service recently and got your phone number, and I'm a teacher at the Carlisle High School, and I'm the science teacher. And uh, a girl just came into to the classroom, and when she came up to my desk, she just started crying, and she fell in front of their desk and started crying. And this girl began to confess to her that she was hooked on all kinds of drugs. She was a senior in the high school, hooked, drug addict, and she, and she couldn't go on anymore because I believe that teacher started praying for her students. <laughs> and when you start praying for your students, if you're a school teacher, if you start praying for all the people, if you, because look, every prayer you pray, you're a part of the answer. God, does it. God leaves it up to us. He gave us the best message. It's the greatest story ever told to God. It is. Oh, man, I bent that thing. <laughs> it is the greatest story ever told, isn't it? It is. God forgives us. God's and this girl, this girl, twelve in the 12th grade, Says to her teacher, I need help. And the teacher said, took her to the principal and said to the principal, I have a phone number for our man who said, if anybody needs help from drug addiction, he'll help you. And, th- and the principal said, why don't you call him? Principal okayed it. Why wouldn't the principal okay it? Wouldn't it be kind of strange not to? I don't care about this political stuff. God overrules all that. Hallelujah. I obey God and let the chips fall where they may. Amen? Yes, indeed. I'm not going to be, I, oh, I'm not going to go to that, the political thing. I'm going to preach the word. But this girl, this girl, Erin Clegg, and, and, and when she called me, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get her into a teen challenge tomorrow. She said, you will? I said, Oh well, yeah. Uh, it was, I think, around, it was maybe early afternoon when she called me. I said, I'll get on the phone right away. And, uh, and so I got her in. I got permission to take her to a teen challenge and, um, center, a female center. And uh, they said, okay, and I, how, how's she going to get there? I said, I'll take her. No, the teacher says, I'll, I, I'd like to take her. I'd like to take her. So I said, okay, here's the address. And they put her in the car, and she went to Brooklyn Teen Challenge. <laughs> I know there's a little bit of clap, but that's okay. And, and they put that girl in there. They put her in there. And every day she started listening to the stories of conversions. She started hearing the teachings of the Bible. She started hearing these things. And, and this girl, Aaron, Aaron uh, started this listening. And she went through the whole program, did very well, stayed the whole 12 months, and, and, and got saved and got filled with the Holy Spirit and all of that. And uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. And uh, and so they d- just got her got transformed and Aaron came out of a teen challenge, and then she started to grow and she got in. she did some bible training and uh and then about three years uh, afterward this is about three years now and and this summer on may twenty fifth I think it was it doesn't tell you up there in the story I can't read it because I'm way back up here you know and uh so may twenty fifth uh we went to her wedding <laughs> because when she came home, she started going to a wonderful Christian church in State College, Pennsylvania. That girl. That girl. Oh, now it's a different picture. But that's, that's her husband standing next to her. Oh, there's Kay. On, on the left, next to the guy. And there's that girl who was hooked on drugs. The world would say she's gone. And this girl told me, "There's not a hotel up and down the Carlisle Pike from Carlisle to Harrisburg that she didn't sleep with a, a different man, selling herself, selling herself as a teenager to buy drugs." I don't think I've ever heard a more horrible story than this one, but she's freed me up to tell it because she's not ashamed of her sin. She, I mean, she's ashamed of it, but she's not. A, she's now a new creature, and she understands it's all in her past. And you know what? I, I'm, I, I. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm one that I believe that God is so good and forgiving that he restores your life. He restores and he forgets it. He forgets all of our sins. He buries them. He puts them in the depth of the Atlantic. (laughs) can't tell me that this God that we love and serve, he doesn't throw it in our face. Why should we? We should have a party every time somebody repents. You remember the, what was that guy's name, the prodigal? What was his name? Oh, no, he didn't even have a name, did he? No, that's right, he didn't. But they called him the prodigal son because he went out, he said to his dad, give me everything that belongs to me. I don't want to wait for my inheritance. Give it to me now. He went out and started spending on riotous living, the Bible says. You know where he wound up? Eating with the pigs. That used to be my chore, not eating with them, but feeding them. When I was a kid, there's nothing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat with them for no man. I'd starve first. I would. But this, this guy wound up with the pig pen. And one day, a light came on. Holy Spirit came down, started working up here in his head, I'm not mine, and, uh, and so on. And, and then this guy says, oh, my word. I was so much better off when I was back with my dad's house. I'm going home. He got out of the pig pen. And he started walking. And he got a little distance, and he discovered that his father was looking for him. Some day soon, my son's going to come up over that hill, and I'm going to see him coming. And when he does, I'm going to run. And the son embraced his father, and the father embraced his son. What a story! That's in the New Testament. That's in God's word. That shows you that God will go to the extreme to get anybody out of darkness. And by the way, don't you ever Christians? Don't you ever hesitate to witness to anybody you meet on the streets? Let your light shine so that others may glorify God. And Hallelujah! And that the kingdom of God may be advanced. Because you need to get them out of darkness. The Bible says it's wise. Now, the wisest thing that I ha- had happened regarding this girl is to get her to get to get her out of darkness she went through the Brooklyn Center she went also to Walter Hoving home for a while and then she came back and she started just working in her church and one day she met a guy in her church who was a chaplain at Penn State in Pennsylvania and he liked this girl and I said to him after I met him I said you know if I had been there too I would have liked her she was a cutie and so he said, he, he got to, that's him. See him up there? Aaron Thon is his name. Or, or no, Thor Thor. T H is it R and N. It's Thor. Aaron Thor. He she met Aaron. And Aaron proposed to her. And they got married on this May twenty fifth, I think it was, or something like that. And, and and Kay and I were at their wedding. About three weeks ago, they called and said, Can we come down visit you and Kay? Hallelujah. I'm getting so much fellowship from those who were in such darkness, and I enjoy every minute of it. Life is better when you're engaged in bringing people into the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen. You hear me? Are you folks listening? Don't you let your people go on to sin? go on sinning? you pray for them, you pray don't 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 condemn them i got something to tell you on a next slide The uh, pastor didn't tell me how much time that I had this morning, for this service. He told me at the first service, but I didn't get any time. Am I good? Keep going? Okay, you put two fingers up when you want me to stop. Uh, okay, here. The, I'm not going to go with that one. Just look at that one. Look at that verse. You've got to believe in him. There's three rhetorical questions that was put in Romans 10:14, 4, and how can they believe in him if they've never heard? First answer, if they, if they can't believe in him, they've got to know about him. If, if they can't know, if you don't tell them, you, somebody's got to tell them. And so the next question was, that he, God asked these questions, and he leaves us the answer to make it ourselves because he knows we're cool. And so the next question is, you got to hear. The third question is, how can they hear about him unless, what's the next word? Who is someone? Okay, you got it. Did you get it up there? Me. Me say, I am someone. So God talked about me there. Amen. God is putting me on the spot, isn't He? And He, do, he does it in a cool way, doesn't He? <laughs> I love God, don't you? I do. And so let's go to the next slide. Let's go to the next slide. Look at this one. Next one. Is the next one coming or no? Oh, yeah. This is Pastor Dave and Florence in Thiga. Look at that couple. Uh, 1990, I got a call from... Uh, from the missionary family in Nairobi, Kenya. And, and they knew I was a missionary evangelist and I could go anywhere in the world that I was asked to go. And so they called me and they said, would you come to Kenya and, and conduct a citywide crusade? And I said, oh, I would certainly consider it. Could you give me one week to pray about it? And they said, sure. So I went to prayer. And you know what my answer was? Because if you're walking with God, you've got to hear from God for yourself. You can't let blame others for your own, you know, and so I had to go, and I prayed. And the Lord said, told me, have them select two young pastors. Wasn't this cool? I wasn't trained like this in the Bible school. I just got it from the Holy Spirit. And so I said, have, select two young Bible school graduates, and let me plant a church with both of them. I'll plant two new churches this summer. <laughs> Uh, Pastor, this is this. Uh, if you ever get called into missionary evangelism, you're going to love it. Okay, and, uh, sometime down the road, don't don't worry about it. But you know what? When I went over there and started started talking to these guys, these young pastors, and and uh, and, and and sharing with them, and one of them had just gotten married. And my first question to him was, "How much did you have to pay for your wife?" Goes over there in that culture, and and. He said, I think he said something, how many uh, uh, goats? And he had maybe, a, I don't know, some kind of other animal. There's several things. He had to buy her. You, you got her free. You know what? You and I are so blessed, aren't we? Aren't we blessed? Amen. And, 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 and Kenya, they had to. And so I took this young pastor in Kenya, and we and I started a church. And then this couple as you can tell, 1990, that's 25 years ago, right? I mean, if you add take 25 years off their lives, you could tell that couple were not 24 years old. They were about 35 when I met them. They were older going to Bible school. And so I met David in Florence, 1990, Kay and I. And, and he said, I'm up by Mount Kenya in, in Kubu. That's my hometown. And he said, would you and Kay go there? I met him, and they recommended me to the Bible school. So Kay and I went up there. When, when you're freelancing, you just go wherever you want to go. <laughs> Amen. Wherever the door opens. So I'll go up there, Kay up there, to Nkubu. It's up there. You look it up on the map in, in the Atlas. You'll see where it is, way up by Mount Ken. Can- oh, by the way, it's right by the equator, right by the equator. That that was significant. I never had walked on an equator before. I had one side, one foot in one, one foot in the other side, right? And, and 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 I'm up there with them and we start a church. And the church has grown from now. Oh, I wish I had the pictures of the building. God gave us the money to help them buy a building, put up a building. They've got a wonderful AG church there. And it's 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 but several years ago, about like eight or nine years ago, the past David and Florence, they call me Pop. To this day, I'm their Papa. And they write to me. They email me and 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 tell me how things are going all the time. And David wrote me and said, you know what, Papa Jesse? There's a lot of orphans coming out of the woods to my church, and they need food. And we're going to feed them. I said, yeah, you're going to feed them. And today... I want you to see the next slide. Look at the next slide. I want to tell you something, folks. It's not because it's me. It's because I was just obedient. I do not deserve some of the things that God has given me. But I'm going to tell you, when I put my head on the pillow every night and know that through my influence, 300 children are eating that came out of the woods and they get two meals a day. We started with one meal, and then we increased it to two meals. And God, I said, God, I'm getting old, and I can't do what I used to do. He said, keep doing it. And if the money flow dries up, you just apologize and tell them and let God take care of it some other way. But I am going to feed these 300 children, and let's see them grow up. Every one of them is getting saved and getting taught about the Holy Spirit, and why not? That's one way of growing a church for the long range. Am I right or wrong? So the 300 children there are all. By the way, did you look in the middle of that picture? That was a young lady. I was telling about this church out in Long Island, which is, I don't know which way. Maybe that's east. I don't know. Out in Long Island? East is that way? Okay. And and I was out in Long Island church last year. Uh, not this, this year, but the year before. I was out there preaching in February. And this teacher, this school teacher, 29-year-old lady, not married, wrote me and said, uh, Brother Jesse, is it possible you could let me go over and teach these children for the summer? That's that, that's that little white face in there. See her? Don't white people stand out in a setting like that? I'm telling you now, that school teacher's life has been changed. The other day I got a letter from her and she's contemplating missions. Once you start doing things like this to help people, I don't see why everybody doesn't become a missionary. I mean it. To be able to feed 300 children and send over a girl like, I can't remember her name now. When you're 82, you'll understand. <laughs> but look at those children, look at those children. I love them. Let's go to the next hands, uh, next slide. Here's what a Muslim man said in Nairobi, because last year in November a group of students went from uh, from Brooklyn over to their graduation. Center is about three years old, three or four years old. And the leader there is one that Ian Wilkerson and I helped send over there. And, uh, and they got this Teen Challenge going. And at graduation, this Muslim man, leader, this, Islam, uh, this Iman, uh, what's his name? Iman said, I have no use for your Western religion. I have no need for your American Christianity. By the way, I have that sheet of paper that he wrote it on in my book over here. I have no need for your American Christianity, but we need your Jesus. If I were young like you guys, I'd start praying, God, can I go into your service and preach the gospel all over the world? In fact, if I were your age, I'd, I'd start praying it too. I'm going to tell you, folks, if you'll start praying, God, help me to be involved. Help me to do what I never dreamed I could do. Help me, stretch me. Let me, let me have the ability to communicate your love to people. And that, that, that Iman said, uh, I have no need for your American Christian, but we need your Jesus. And here's what he said. None of my 99 pillars of the Muslim faith have the answers for addiction. Only, he said, Jesus can heal them. Isn't that what one of the most admired ministers in the last century when he started Teen Challenge? Isn't that what God had put in his heart? That Jesus is the answer to the drug problem. And I want to tell you, if any of you have ever had drugs, you know what it's like. But all of you that are listening to me today, don't ever, if you get tempted, don't ever use any drugs. Stay away from them. I urge you in love from my Savior, get saved, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and there's no high, higher then the Holy Ghost will take you. Hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about. There's no joy more profound or more real than to know Jesus. And that's why the Iman said it. Only Jesus can cure them. Let's go to the next slide. Next slide. Ooh. That's a female Teen Challenge Center in Germany. I just finished that one. Look at that building look at the next slide oh not that one next one this one that's the, the staff at that center gaby on the left is the is the rehab director this woman is 50 years old this woman is pretty i had two single guys on my team both of them wanted to marry that woman i did They've been asking me. One, I'm asking me still today, Brother Jesse, is there anything you can do to talk Gabi into considering <laughs> letting me co- correspond with? Her? That, hey, this girl for 30 years has rehab women in Germany, and she's at this new center that we helped get started. And that's Gabi there on the left. That's uh, Nina, and that's uh, Esther. I guess you can read these yourself. But, no, you can't read these, this one. Hans, H-A, that's a German guy. That's a carpenter. And that's the Volker and his wife, Beata. He's the leader of the Teen Challenge Center there. Isn't that sweet? Look at the next slide. Look at the next slide. It's all about getting us right We got These are teams that came over there. See the girl up there? That's the Brooklyn Teen Challenge over there. See those other two teams? They're nice people. Look at the next slide. <laughs> they're like a, I mean, they're nice. You can go to the next slide. And then, when you get to the next slide, you're going to absolutely be amazed when the next one comes up. You're going to be awestruck because it's this. Look up there. There's a city church up there from Charlottesville, Virginia. Look, look at them. And then look down here. Look over here on the. That is from Christian Life in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. That's near me. That's my home church. But look over here. That 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 group there is from. Just outside of Washington D.C., from Springfield, Virginia Church. Look at him. See the lady with the pink pants. She should never have worn pink pants that day when well, I took this picture, because I've been telling her story and I identify her by her pants. But this lady, I got to know, and I was so intrigued by her. I said to her, "I said, tell me, ma'am." And I got her name. And I said, "What do you do?" Oh, she says, "Oh, I'm a lawyer." I said, "Really? You're an attorney?" She said, Yeah, I'm an attorney. Here in Washington, she says, I'm an attorney. I said, Have you got your own office? I just kept asking questions. She says, No, I'm one of the president's attorneys. She's born again, spirit filled. I said to Jesus, Jesus, you know what you're up to. (laughs) You got it all. You do it better than I could ever do it. You know, you got somebody right there close by. An advisor getting paid. Hallelujah. A witness. That's why, folks, I want, listen to me. You, are you young? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you're certainly young, right? As you grow up, I want you, how old are you now, 16? 15. You're a little bit younger than that. 15, not 16. But when you grow up, you know what? Do study hard and get a good job. And if it's in the ministry, you're going to be a great leader spiritually. If it's wherever it is, you, God, God, is going to, God is going to talk to you. But whatever you do, be an influence. See that one with the pink pants? She's an attorney. She's in the White House ministering Jesus. <laughs> she gives a little legal advice here and there. But the most important thing when you have a believer Like this lady, I know her. She's telling the truth. Can't tell me that Jesus isn't up to something good all the time. He's got a bigger work. You never know. You might wind up there in a white house. Look at that. And, And I wish I could tell you more stories about some of those people, but I can't. Oh, God, they're so good. Look at them. By the way, up in the topper team, there were four millionaires in that group. I'm impressed with people who gained that status, four of them. And they come over there, and they work. They work hard. I tell you, they had scars. See that guy on the left up there at the top? That guy got blisters in his hands. Probably the first time in his life. And, God, and he's working like that. And I said, God, thank you so much. And let's go to the next slide before I get loose contact here. Teen Challenge Women's Center, that's the door they come into. Would you pray that God will touch the heart of the German nation? Because Germany is making decisions, trying to close down our Teen Challenge Centers. Because we don't use nurses and doctors. And, you know, we we just pray and get them filled with the Spirit so they can get out of drugs. It's it's a problem. You know, there's coming down. uh, Christianity is beginning to be not looked at favorably by a lot of governments, including ours. Is that right? Did you ever think of that? And so let's we gotta pray. So do pray for that th- that ministry right there. Let's go to the next slide. Next slide. Next slide is all oh, one human being, the first one that came in when we opened up this new center. Look at her. Look at her. Can you see her teeth? Huh? You see her teeth? What are you coming? Oh. Okay. Okay. Look, look at look at that was the first. One. She graduated, by the way. Now, that's a German girl. I know she doesn't look it, but she is. She's what they call. You ever heard of gypsies? Yeah, gypsy. She's a gypsy. Do you know that in World War II, Adolf? I'm not going to say his last name. Adolf tried to destroy all the Jews and wipe them out of the country, and he did a big job at it. And he tried with the gypsies. He wanted to annihilate them, take them out. There was only a few left, but enough gypsies. And it doesn't take gypsies long to repopulate. It really doesn't. And so this girl is a gypsy, and she was the first one to come in. And look at her smiling. (laughs) That's not fake. That's what Jesus does when somebody gets out of drugs. You ever seen drug addicts walking down the street? They look look so sad and unhappy. Look at her. Hallelujah! Say praise God for her. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. Next slide. Next slide. There's the prayer room. It was just a junk place. And I, I know what they're trying to tell me. Time is up. I got I figured it out. Okay. And so here's the prayer room. And I told her to build a prayer room. I don't want a place where the students can't pray. So look at the prayer branches. And it was up in the attic and we insulate those windows no sun comes through and they just stay up there and pray Go to the next slide. Next slide real quick. i got to move. And that's the counseling room, the the teaching room. That's the student's room. That's their bed. See that bed up there? There's another one on the left. And that's two in a room. There's their living room there. Look at that. Isn't that sweet? Go to the next slide. Next slide. And the next one is really a room that was there, and it's the sunroom. I had them build a sunroom around that so that the ladies can sit in there and read their Bibles and pray and meditate. For the women. God's glory. That's a new life. Any person is in Christ, they become a new creature. The old passes away and all things become brand new. That's what the Bible says. How many of you believe that? And that's what God says. Now let's go to the next slide. I want to finish up real quick. I want to say that. Everybody here read that out loud. Come on. At the start. One, two, three. Let's read it. You got it. Look at the next slide. This morning, I had a stack of business cards here. It was that big. They were all taken. I don't have any business cards. Write that number down. If you know of a drug addict, you have a pastor here, good pastors. You have good leaders here. You have counseling. I do not counsel people when anybody calls me. If it's not about drugs, I just thank them for calling. And I, I, I deal only with this. I deal with anybody who needs to get into a Teen Challenge Center. And I can place them all over the United States and call that number there. That's my cell number. And I never turn it off because I want to be able to answer it. And before I get home this afternoon about 5 o'clock, we are going out to dinner, right, Pastor? Okay, good. And if uh, I get home about 5 o'clock today, hey, amen, if I get a call, it could be from somebody in this church. Who has put that number in the hands of a drug addict? Don't you call me. Give it to them to call. If they want to get free, they got to start taking responsibility. All right, good. They got to start giving the number and say, This man says he'll help you. That's all you got to tell them. I don't care when they call me. A soul is worth more than all the gold and all the riches of the entire universe. What shall it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? That's what the Bible says. Now, I'm going to sit down here, and everybody who needs Jesus today, I want you to walk down here and come and pray with me. I'm going to pray with you while the choir is singing, and, uh, and uh, let's, let's finish up. Lord Jesus, anybody that needs you. I'm going to sit here and pray with them. So, Lord, you do your work as the choir comes and ministers to us. And thank you, God, for this wonderful church and this wonderful day. We love you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.